Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Murderous Affair. My name is Gabrielle, and this is the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. So thank you so much for joining us this week. I hope that everyone who celebrated had a great Thanksgiving, and if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, then I hope that you had a great last Thursday and got to watch the chaos from afar. This week, our murderess of the day is leaning more into the mayhem than the murder side of things. And it's not just one murderess, we're doing a multiple. So this week, we're talking about the all-female 40 elephants or 40 thieves gang who were active for over a century in Britain. This gang was first mentioned in 1873 in newspapers when they started gaining notoriety, but police records actually suggest that the gang has existed since the late 1700s. So I'm really excited to talk about them. per usual before we dive into the fun stuff this episode, we have to go through our resources. A lot of the information that I got this week was from culturacollectiva.com, their history article about the 40 elephants gang, the culturetrip.com, which has an article titled The Story Behind a London's Notorious Girl Gang, The 40 Elephants. Shekillslit.com talks about the 40 Elephants Gang and also some books that were written about them. We've got Wikipedia, of course, and their 40 Elephants entry. And then TheGuardian.com actually talks about a book that was written called Alice Diamond and the 40 Elephants, The Female Gang That Terrorized London, and it's written by Brian McDonald. So if you guys are interested in reading that book, which I definitely am, it's going on my to read list and I'm hoping that it'll give us a lot more insight because what I was able to find was super interesting. All right, let's get started. The 40 Elephants Gang, also known as the 40 Thieves Gang, worked alongside the Notorious Elephant and Castle Gang. Now, where the Elephant and Castle Gang was a army of all-male smash-and-grab artists and burglars and kind of just general miscreants that operated across the south of London, the 40 Elephants Gang was this organized, tightly-run collection of women who extended their operations across London into other cities and not only focused on thieving but also focused on kind of blackmail and seduction to get their wants and needs met. The 40 Elephant Gang was run by someone called a queen and this gang is actually responsible for what is called the largest shoplifting operation ever seen in Britain starting in newspapers in 1873 but its actual existence is estimated to be around the late 1700s and it ran all the way to the 1950s. Now, I was trying to figure out why it was called 40 Elephants, and I mean, I get that part
part of it is partly because everyone involved lived around the Elephant and Castle pub in Southwark, but some people also believe that the number, the 40 in the name, is an estimate of the number of people who were actually consistently involved in the operations put on by this gang. So only women were allowed to be members and almost all of them were from the working class. Instead of working the hard toil jobs that a lot of people in their class were expected to work, which were oftentimes hard labor and not very fulfilling, to be honest, they took the matters into their own hands. What they would do is they would steal clothes and jewelry, sell them for much less than they were worth, and then they would distribute their earnings among those who had participated in the heist. They started in the London West End shops and they would dress as people who were from the upper, more rich socialite class. So this includes, and I'm quoting, specially tailored coats, cummerbunds, muffs, skirts, bloomers, and hats sewn with hidden pockets. And it's estimated that they would steal up to thousands of pounds in late 1800 to mid 1950s currency. Now, Brian McDonald says that the girls, quote, benefited from prudish attitudes of the time by taking shelter behind the privacy afforded to women in large stores. So basically, because at this time period, modesty was such a huge thing for women, nobody really expected that these well-dressed, socialite-looking women could be capable of doing something as drastic as stealing. They basically got free reign of these really high-end shops and got to try on stuff and go to different areas without having a shopkeeper with them at all times and that's what actually helped them a ton when it came to getting away with these escapades. This gang actually became so well known in London that when members of this gang were seen near high class shops, panic would erupt and all the shopkeepers would start trying to like close their shops and lock their doors and not let these women in. Now, rather than escalating to drastic measures, the women in the gang responded by expanding their craft to country and seaside towns where they weren't as well known. The 40 Elephants gang also adapted with the times and the technology. When cars started becoming more and more readily available, they would use these high-powered cars to outrun the police. They would also work with their male counterparts in the Elephants and Castle gang. Oftentimes, the goods that they stole were given to cars driven by all male members, and when the women were stopped, they were found to have no valuables on them. When they worked in towns other than London, they would use the trains and have a pickup system where they would deposit empty suitcases at different railway stations that they would then fill with their treasure on return trips. Now, other than your typical robberies of different high-end stores. Um, the 40 Elephants gang had many other avenues of revenue, which would include using false references to get work as housemaids in big fancy houses and gaining their employer's trust before then completely robbing them blind. They also would have some members work in the seduction ring of things, and after having seduced many powerful men, they would blackmail them into paying money to keep that a secret. Now, Brian McDonald also is quoted as saying, on the plus side, they threw the liveliest parties and spent lavishly at pubs, clubs, and restaurants. Their lifestyles were in pursuit of those of glamorous movie stars combined with the decadent living of 1920s aristocratic flapper society. They read of the outrageous behavior of rich, bright, young things and wanted to emulate them. During what's considered like the height of the gang, it was run by a woman named Annie Diamond, who became queen, aka the head of the 40 Elephants gang, when she was 20 years old. 
She was born in 1896 and she was said to rule with military precision. She would meticulously plan these outings so that many different members of the gang would go into a different series of shops across London simultaneously to rob these stores at the same time. So even if one group maybe was close to getting caught, they would have other groups that would get away with this. Apparently, the police at the time called her, quote, the cleverest of thieves and called her Diamond Annie because she had a punch to beware of. She would wear brass knuckles studded with diamond rings. Now, Diamond Annie was also brutal when it came to defending her gang's territory and interests. She was also considered to be kind of an anarchist because when she was in court for her violent treatment of the police that would try and capture her, she was quoted as saying, Police forces are set up by governments to stop others getting a share of what they've got. Diamond Andy had a second-in-command who was known as babyface Maggie Hughes. And where Diamond Andy was about 5'9", Maggie Hughes was about 4'11". She was known for using a straight razor in a fight and having a nasty temper and a bit of a bizarre streak, which I'm wondering what that means because I couldn't really find too much about her, but there is one example given that she drove a Ford V8 car that had a periscope on the roof so she could always be on the lookout for cops and other enemies. And now while I've been talking about how most of these crimes were so well organized, she is one of the few who was caught when she came running out of a jewelry shop and straight into the arms of a policeman in 1923 carrying 34 diamond rings on this jewelry tray that she had just run out of the shop with. What I found that's super interesting about this gang in general is that they were so crafty when it came to getting away with their crimes. Like, for example, one of their techniques was to have replicas of unique jewelry made and then to go into the shops and switch them for the original. Another scam that they ran was that a woman would be chewing gum, then stick the gum under a jewelry counter after asking to see a selection of rings. And then while she was distracting the shopkeeper with a sleight of hand, she would then put the ring into the chewing gum. When security in the stores would ask to go through her things before she left, there would be an accomplice who went and got the ring or whatever jewelry it was from the chewing gum in the store and then just walk out the door because they weren't suspecting her. So they had these really crafty ideas and ways to get away with these crimes and it's just really impressive. Now, like I said, they were very protective of their territory. If women in the gang did find that there was other people stealing from shops that they considered to be on their turf, they would demand a percentage of the earnings. Diamond Annie would also arrange beatings and even kidnappings of people until the money that they demanded was paid. Now, out of everything that they stole, it was reported that the women rarely actually wore any of it. They would go and sell them at different traders and pawn shops and stores that were willing to replace labels and maybe remodel the designs a little bit. The gang would actually have this chain of fences all throughout London that would be in charge of finding places to sell the jewelry and other goods that they stole too. Now, and these fences were also extremely clever. So at one point in 1910, the police raided the house of a known fence for the gang and her name was Ada McDonald. And while she did have these rooms full of stock that had been stolen from stores, she also had legitimate like business ledgers to prove that they were hers. So they went through this whole routine of manufacturing false documents as well to cover their tracks and make it look like they were a legitimate business. And a lot of times, a lot of the female members 
of the gangs who were arrested ended up getting away with it because either there wasn't enough evidence to support that they were involved in 40 elephants or or they would be tried on a jury of their peers who maybe didn't believe that the women that they saw in court who were so well-dressed were capable of committing these crimes. Now, Diamond Annie and Babyface Maggie were actually arrested in the mid-1920s for um, violently beating a former gang member who had gotten married outside of their kind of gang associates. Maggie was only sentenced to five months, but Diamond Annie was sentenced to about 18. However, by the time she got out, there had been another queen who took over her spot in the 40 Elephants, who was named Lillian Rose Kendall. Now, she was much more into the flapper style, and with that, the much more flashy kind of schemes. She's known for having robbed a store by crashing into their front window with her car and doing the typical smash and grabs. Now it's said that after Diamond Andy's leadership, the gang started slowly disbanding due to the fact that it wasn't as well organized as when Diamond Annie had been leading it. And some historians believe the gang activities actually stopped due to the amount of rising opportunities for women who were of the working class. And it's estimated around 1930, the gang fell out of power, even though random shoplifting attempts continued into the 1950s. And then they were kind of forgotten about until Brian McDonald, who wrote on a book called the gangs of London that included the 40 elephants along with other more infamous male gangs such as the Broadway Boys and the Red Hands and the Silver Hatchets which all of them I'd never heard of before I started researching the 40 elephants. And that is the story of the 40 elephants gang and their reign of chaos between late 1700s and the 1950s in London. I know this podcast is about like teaching people and just talking about and just talking about women in general that history's kind of forgotten about or maybe aren't as well known, but it's stuff like this that I learned that just really makes me so excited to come up with new episodes every week because I would have never heard of the 40 Elephants Gang because without having researched for material for this podcast, because without having researched the material for this episode of the week, I would have just never come across them. Like, I just feel like they aren't mentioned that much other than in the books that I've talked about by Brian McDonald. And not that many people know about them. And it's just, it would be so cool to see some kind of documentary or maybe even a movie or television show based on their antics. You know, the stuff that they got up to back then. Like, I know that we have, you know, shows like Peaky Blinders, which is based off of similar kind of criminal syndicates, but this is a gang that ruled London and was so well organized and was basically kind of like a little bit like the thieves mafia. Hardly anyone knows about them, or I've hardly, I was hardly able to find multiple articles with new information about them. So that is the murderous group of the week, although no actual murders were committed that I could find by this group. There was a lot of general chaos and violence incited by this group as they protected their territory. I would love to know what you guys thought of this episode and if you've ever heard of the 40 Elephants Gang or know of any places where we can find more information, definitely leave a comment or reach out to me and let me know. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and most other social media as Frumius Reads. So where I host the podcast has also moved um, to Libsyn which is just a website that offers a lot more in terms of being able to kind of have a web presence and reach out to you guys and have more features that I can publish on. Um, so if you want to find more episodes or if you just want to reach out to me, you can go to a murderousaffair.libsyn.com. 
So amurderousaffair.libsyn.com. And I'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on this episode or just talking about women in history in general who are known for mayhem and murder. But that's all I have for you this week. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Stay spooky, friends. Goodbye. <laughs>